0: been a minute we're glad to be here back again with another episode of dpod i'm here at mission control aka dp and Cata's place <laughs> uh, who, do, who do we have in the in the room all right dp here
1: Cata
2: and bia
0: awesome yeah good to see you guys it's, it's been like a month or something since we were <laughs> we were in chicago i think i was gone back. for
3: 35 days or something like that oh my yeah. goodness that you were
1: counting mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot went on in this in this past month. We had the mission trip to the Philippines mm-hmm. for one thing. Um, we had our all team retreat uh, over in Northern California, and then yeah, after that, we were pretty much back. It's just three things, I guess, but <laughs> they, they all happened for over a longer stretch of stretch of time. But yeah, what we're here to talk about today is kind of like a recap of our mission trip to the Philippines. So. Um, it was a pretty awesome trip that we got to go on. But before we got into the Philippines mission trip specifically, I want to talk a little bit more generally about mission trips. So I want to pose this question to the group here. It would be helpful if you guys can maybe tell us a little bit about what a mission trip is and what that typically looks like.
3: Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just take it. I guess we call it that because it's it's a, a short period of time where you're on mission, right? Like you're there for one particular thing, right? And that mission is you know, generally preaching the gospel right and and that can be you know combined with something else like medical work or um, maybe um, building homes for people um you know we've sometimes gone to do uh helping refugees and things like that but always tied into that is this heart to fulfill the great commission which is to go to all the nations and 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 preach the gospel make disciples and we get to partake in that in kind of a, a short intense period through this thing called the mission trip right and so the trip that we just went on is like this short-term mission trip like we were on the ground for like 10 days or something like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. Anyone else have anything to add to to that?
1: I think what it typically looks like is like, I guess because you're there for like a sole purpose, at least at our church, when we go on mission trips, it's a lot of like put the distractions away, which really means your phone Mm
4: -hmm. and
1: be totally there the whole time because it's short and because we paid a lot of money to get on a flight and go somewhere. And um, people took time off work and, because um, they're postgrads and like college students on this mission trip too so what it looks like is it's intense
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> morning till
1: night it is intense but it is really formative because it's so intense
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure it's awesome um yeah I guess kind of kind of tied in to that so we talked a little bit about what, what a mission trip is and I'm I'm sure that you guys have been on a bunch of mission trips right uh, before this last <laughs> this last one so one question I had for you guys was, what mission trips have you been on and which would you say was the most formative for you and why?
2: I can take this one. Um, I actually went to Thailand my so- end of sophomore year, going to junior year with DP and Kata. That was my first mission trip. Super fun. And then when I graduated from college, I went to Cambodia with my peers and then one, one sophomore who helped us not be crazy. <laughs> and then this is my third mission trip to the Philippines. Um, I think my most formative trip was that first one, going to Thailand with DP and It was my first time actually like, okay, putting my stake in the ground, like, okay, I'm going to do this for God. Um, I kind of went without family approval. Um, but I remember it was a chance for me to just really trust that, okay, this is, I think this is what God wants me to do. I really feel it. And I also had to learn how to trust in like prayer, <laughs> um, prayer and just like the Holy Spirit to guide me to people who we could just share the gospel with and like, do bridge illustrations, because in Thailand, like, it's less than 1% Christian, and mm. people didn't even know, like, about the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. so it was a really formative trip for me, and actually, like, ho- opened up my heart to the idea of, like, foreign missions yeah. uh, in, like, the long
0: term, so. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I um, I went to Cambodia my junior year. It was, like, a 60-person team led by Stephen Suzanne, and that one was... Um, really memorable because I was the only one from my my ministry group that went and then it was mostly like Quinnia and, oh, A2F because I was Kairos back then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I didn't know most people on the trip, but then I got really close with them. So like Cindy was on the trip. I think Brandon was there. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brandon, but Cindy was there. So that was the first time I met Cindy. And then um, we went to Thailand um, like Bia said mm. when we were postgrad. So DP and I led that one. And then I went to this one. So this was my third, yeah, like overseas one. And then um, our church also does like domestic mission trips too. They're kind of vision trips, but um, just to help out like other campuses at Grace Point. So I I went to the Riverside one. And then the cool thing about that was we were helping Pastor Stephen Eunice um, because they were our mentors and we sent them off to start the Riverside Church. Mm -hmm. And then so we got to see... Like, wow, it's so worth it to send them because we got to see their students. And while we were there, I remember we went to Irvine and prayed for the campus. And we're like, one day maybe we'll plant here. And mm-hmm. now Irvine Church is the one that hosted us yeah. Yeah. for our training yeah. before wow. we went to the Philippines. So that was really cool. Yeah. Irvine and LA. And yeah. LA, Half the yeah. the group went to LA. Oh, and that's right. For I was there. Well. I was in Irvine. Yeah. Did yeah. you go to LA?
3: Um, I think somehow our group went to both. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, awesome. well, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome group. yeah both
0: campuses are <laughs> 10 years old now. Yeah. That's
3: crazy. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so I went to similar ones. Uh, so I went to Cambodia my sophomore year. And then I went to Cambodia when I graduated from college. And then I went to Cambodia again when I graduated <laughs> from gra- grad school. So oh, by the wow. time I was done with school, I had gone to Cambodia three times. Yeah. The, um, and then and then we went to the Thailand one uh, that yeah that Bia mentioned, uh, which we led in 2017. And then I went to, similarly to Kata, I went to Riverside twice, actually, two years in a row to help them with their winter welcome night, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the most formative for me was actually probably, um, I, w- I want to say it was my last trip to Cambodia after grad school. It was my first time going as, like, a post-grad mentor. Um, and I think just being on the other side of, like, you know, not just on the receiving end and just just kind of um, being a team member, but trying to help lead that group and seeing how... Like in such a short period of time, like you can actually forge a group of people that really bonds together. Mm. And I think that gave me like a different picture of what the church is because it it really showed me in a new way that like the basis of the relationships in the church is, is part of that is mutual gospel work. Mm. Um, And so I think that, that like really rang true for me during that uh, short little trip there. So that one, that one comes to mind for me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. I can share a little bit too. So the Philippines mission trip was actually my first one. Um, like what D.P. and Kata mentioned, our church also does some domestic mission trips to help out with some of our existing churches, and I got to go on two of those during college. So one, my, my junior year to Atlanta, Georgia. We don't have a church in Georgia currently, but that was really cool, just visiting Emory University and University of Georgia, and Georgia Tech. Um, and then I also went to the East Coast my senior year, and that was to visit our churches in Pittsburgh as well as in the DMV area, so that was really awesome. I think how those trips were formative for me was that it helped me to have a different perspective of other college students on my campus back at UCLA, Mm -hmm. in the sense that um, doing ministry at these college campuses while I was a college student and trying to talk to other students, share the gospel with them, I started to see them with a compassion that I hadn't really seen students with before as a student at UCLA. UCLA was just kind of like, you know, I'm just kind of getting to class, getting my to-do list done, not really noticing people around me. But here's I'm trying to engage with different people on the campus. I kind of thought, oh, wow, like everyone's on some kind of spiritual journey. And at the end of the day, no matter how driven people are, what drives them, everyone needs the gospel. So it was the first time I started to see like my neighbors and my peers in the college context um, in terms of like what their spiritual need is. So I think that was the first time I started to really have this like desire to do college ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, long term. So that's how that was formative for me when I was in college going on domestic uh, mission trips yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, thank you guys for sharing Maybe we can get into the Philippines uh, mission trip as well and what we were up to there. So um, who was the Philippines mission team? I, I, I to my understanding there were a couple of uh, groups that went to the Philippines, right? Yeah
1: Yeah, so we were a Philippines team number two uh, the first team was led by Will and Andrea Sam from Michigan, and there were five campuses represented. And so they, they like, didn't know each other
4: <laughs> at all. And
1: Nico, who um, works on the ground um, in the Philippines that with the organization we work with, he was telling us that Will and, you know, that group that came, they were, like, on the ground, they were on the bus or heading to, like, the, their first event or something, and then they're like what was your name again? And Nico's like, oh my gosh, they don't even know each other.
4: (laughs) But for
1: us, um, at least we only came from two, well, three campuses, but two cities. So Seattle and then Chicagoland, which is UChicago and Northwestern, staff and students. So it was pretty quick, I feel like, getting Mm -hmm. to know each other. And uh, most of those Seattle people, like I didn't know at all, like even the staff really, um, so yeah it was really cool I think just the fact that the, we are the two quarter schools in our areas when nobody else in our church network is quarter schools in those areas so yeah. that we bonded together mm-hmm. and said let's go together and it was awesome I really miss the yeah. Seattle people yeah and special because
3: yeah. you know we mentioned Pastor Stephen Eunice earlier but they uh, lead the Seattle Church mm-hmm. now and it's uh, really neat to meet some of the people that they're raising up yeah yeah it's a Interesting people. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I was going to so say anyways.
4: weird, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. eccentric. Eccentric. But yeah, it was fun.
3: Like, it was interesting because most of our group was, was introverted. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, 80% of the team had never been to an international mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a very young group. So, like, yeah. besides us, I mean, we're not even that old. But, like, after us, like, class of 2018 was the, young, the next oldest. Uh-huh. And then class of 2019 was the next oldest after that. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> so, it was a very, uh, very young team.
0: Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us had never been on Mission Triple Like I mentioned it was my first time, and I think uh, my peer Colton from Seattle, who also went on it, it was his first time Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, But yeah, so we were in the Philippines, um, but I think when most people hear about the Philippines, they think of like the big city like Manila, but we weren't there. So could you guys tell a little bit about where we were, as well as who we partnered with and what that organization that we partnered with does? Yeah,
3: so we partnered with an organization called uh, that we're calling SMO, right, Student Missionary Outreach. And they're um, an organization that started, I think, like 40 to 50 years ago mm-hmm. um, in the Philippines, right? Mm. So they're based out of the Philippines. And their whole thing is about raising leaders, Christian leaders for the next generation out of the youth, mm. right? And so th- they want youth to train up leaders who will train up more leaders right based on the second Timothy 2 verse yeah. mm-hmm. so um and, and in that way we we felt a lot of kinship with them cuz that's that's a you know big part of our dna as well right mm-hmm. raising yeah. up leaders who will raise up more leaders in terms of where we were um so we were on um an island called negros and so that's a little bit south of the island that manila's on mm-hmm. right so we we had to land in manila right so we flew to taipei taipei to manila and then from manila we had to fly to Bacolod, which is the main city uh, in Negros Occidental, where, where where we were, and then from there we would drive another forty five <laughs> minutes <laughs> to go it to a place a called Mercia. yeah, Mercia, which is um, kind of a more rural area, mm-hmm. and so um, that's where um, SMO's headquarters called Promised Land was, and that's mm-hmm. that was where our headquarters was, you know, that's where we did our team times, that's where we slept, um, yeah, and that became our home for for about ten days, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It was pretty cool going to the Philippines as well. It was my first time in Southeast Asia. And I just want to talk a little bit about the Philippines culture. One thing that blew me away when we got there actually was how hospitable people oh, yeah. were. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. crazy. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's this, like, <laughs> I, keep, I keep mentioning this, but there's this, like, dish called lechan, which is, <laughs> it's like a whole roast pig. Yeah, it doesn't fit on a dish. Yeah, no. it's, not really, it's, not, it's not really a dish. It's, it's, it's not uh, an animal. Yeah. <laughs> I call it like a celebration or something, but yeah. basically we had that like twice in the span of like three days, like yeah. two separate groups like yeah. hosted us to that, which was, which was pretty crazy. Yeah.
3: yeah. Everywhere we want. We were like, because we would go into these public schools, mm-hmm. so you know, and that's where we're going to do the programs and stuff like that. But then like the teachers and the administration had prepared like you know, all these snacks, snacks for like us. They're yeah. like, oh, before so you start good. the program, just 15 minutes, why don't you come into this room? And we're like, yeah. what? We're like, oh, wait, we came
5: here to like serve. serve? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So we're yeah. like, we're like, but then we're like drinking the coconut juice <laughs> and taking selfies.
0: Okay. And like, <laughs> 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 like, oh, oh, this is nice. Okay. All right, let's go out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was fun. Yeah. 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 And no, it was really sweet. Yeah. I was really blown away by that. And also in their culture too, there's a, they're really big on like lingering as well. Like, um, I guess coming in, coming into this one expectation I had was that it would be like pretty like go, 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 like, you know, tight schedule. We're not there for that long. So maximizing our time, but they call it, one thing they usually call it is like island time. Like they go at like a different pace, but it was cool to experience that as well, because I think because of that, we were able to connect a lot with the mm-hmm. staff and with mm-hmm. the people who were there, just having yeah. more long conversations, yeah. hearing their stories and stuff like that. Too. It's really
3: funny because I, I think as an organization, our church is very like Jay, like Jay, mm-hmm. as in judging on the Myers Briggs, as in, like, we like to plan and we like to have things scheduled out and things mm-hmm. like that. And we were sort of joking that, um, that the Philippines is, is is on the P because, you know, P for Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that, was the, that was the island time thing, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> so um, and like all, all our Filipino friends, like, you know, they're like they telling us, us, hey, what, yeah. when you go there, like, you know, they're going to say it starts at 6, but it's actually going to start at like 6.30 or mm-hmm. like 7, right? And just you, just, you know, that's just how it is. And mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, yeah. But actually, like, yeah, we, but the, the nice thing about that is that there's also like no end time. So that's yeah. sort of the uh, lingering mm-hmm. yeah. thing that you're talking about. And so yeah. I think we experienced sort of, like, people are just willing to, like hang out and like talk and just be together. And mm-hmm. I think that was something that maybe we need to and you know, try to learn or like, you know, just know that that's also a possibility and that that that's actually edifying in a different way.
0: Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, I think in some ways we can try to achieve best of both worlds there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah it was really insightful to that regard. Yeah. A lot happened on the trip. Like Kat was mentioning earlier, mission trips in general are pretty um, intense and, and packed. And our trip and our trip was also, you know, that in many ways. But I thought it'd be cool to tackle kind of what we did from the angle of talking about like some memorable moments or funny things that happened over the course of the trip. It could be a moment or a theme, something that was kind of like a consistent thread throughout the trip. But yeah, did you guys have any funny or memorable moments from uh, our time in the Philippines?
2: Well, I, okay, I have a funny one. I don't know about funny. It's kind of gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: so, Toph and I were in charge of, um, like, first aid throughout the trip, and so one of our students, Noah, who's a rising sophomore at um, in Seattle at UW, um, he played basketball in some some skin off his foot was kind of dangling. Well, he played
3: basketball barefoot. Barefoot. Barefoot, <laughs> barefoot just to be barefoot. key detail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, key detail. <laughs> and so I think
2: the next day we decided to go to McDonald's and um, there's a piece of skin hanging off his foot and so uh, I had to watch him cut the skin off his foot in the middle
4: in of a McDonald's. McDonald's
1: before we ate our breakfast. In Bacolod. In Bacolod. Yeah.
4: And I was like, what is
1: life right now?
4: <laughs> We're like,
1: we, I, I mean, it became an infirmary. Yeah, and, like we just put out all the first aid stuff all on right. the table, mm. and like next to us there were these poor people like trying like, to eat breakfast? their meal. <laughs> oh, he's
4: like,
1: he's like using scissors yeah. to. G- oh, it was so gross. Was
3: it like craft scissors or like? No,
1: no,
2: it was. Uh, 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 it was actual surgical, surgical scissors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Did they buy surgical? I thought they were yeah. craft scissors. No, 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 no. It was. It was oh, they right. were so, actual yeah, surgical scissors. Yeah, yeah, they were like yeah. metal scissors, but then we had to like sanitize them, and then you know he used them on his foot, and yes
5: Wow.
2: So his like barefoot was just out in the middle of mcdonald's that he's like gross. cutting this thing away yeah, we're
3: like, oh, yeah. i remember asking Tof to get some hydrogen peroxide <laughs> and put it on noah's foot because no i wasn't sure if you were going to do it yourself so <laughs> anyways um speaking of first aid um that that just reminded me that what theme for me throughout this trip um a theme for everyone i guess okay sorry okay this is going to gross oh, you no. out sorry listeners I but but this tell. is reality okay like diarrhea oh there was a lot of diarrhea on the trip God, so true. something about weak american stomachs <laughs> could not handle wh- whatever was happening in the philippines so um but the crazy i mean that's fine i mean that's like okay like you know you expect that when you go to like foreign country but what was strange for me <laughs> was like sisters would come up to me and almost like give me a daily report <laughs> Oh on my their, goodness! on their bowel movements <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, 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 yeah it was really odd Yeah, but yeah we got real close real fast I know and, that's um, so true but it's, it's because you know people needed to tell me whether or not like they could make it to the next thing that we were going to yeah and,
1: I mean we had like and two and a half hour bus rides in yeah, yeah, the yeah. next snow so, or something like, we needed like, to you know, gotta hey, know
3: we need to know what your status is <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah but
1: status <laughs> yeah. we all knew what that was yeah,
3: yeah 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 <laughs> just, just how are you doing right now all right <laughs> and then you know we we all had the um, what is that medicine? Emodium, the, the, yeah. In limited supply. supply. So we had you know I had some. Toph and Bia had some. Mm-hmm. So people were coming to us for emodium, and we had a little like stash. you know we had yeah we had a little stash. So anyways yeah so that that was very memorable for me. <laughs> but you know like it wasn't it was necessary to do that because like every day we're like hitting two schools mm-hmm. and we're driving and okay hey like okay we're we're about to leave in fifteen minutes like. And People were like, All right, how long's the drive? Because you know, they're trying to yeah, ask me what, to assume, when assume, the next yeah. bathroom stop is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was very logistical in that way, yeah, right, in order to serve the Lord. So, <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I didn't sense much embarrassment. We we're just you know, no, yeah,
3: yeah, it was like a big, yeah. Family, a big family, yeah. yeah. No, that,
1: yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, like my kids, like Lucas, do you have diarrhea right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I could stop saying that word. Oh, my <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, um I think one of the memorable parts is um like on a mission trip, especially if it's like, you know, a little bit bigger, we usually have these count offs because every transition, like location transition, we have to make sure everyone's there and not stuck in the bathroom, something like that. So then, you know, we all got a number and then we all counted off like one, two, three, four, whatever. Um, And then I was waiting for this moment because it happens at every mission trip where, like, if you have some locals who are partnering with you, that they um, kind of attach themselves to the mm. end of the count off. Mm. So in Thailand, they did that. Um, Chat and Kenny. Oh, right. Yeah, they, they said 13, 14 because we had a team of 12. And then oh, this yeah. time, about like, I don't know, three fourths of the way in as we were doing our count off, um, you know, Nico and Jun Paul, they were like, they were like, 30, 31, and we're all cheering. And I was like, oh, man, we've become family, yeah. you know, with these SMO staff who have been with us, you know, like 24-7. They're 24/7 yeah, they're just, just traveling around with, with us.
4: Yeah, And they're
1: in the buses. And even in the buses, they're like making conversation. They're teaching us songs. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly asking us during the mealtimes, like, what's your story? And they're sharing stories. Like, I think that was such a memorable part of this mission trip of just getting to know one another deeply, but also... Like, we're so enmeshed together mm. that yeah. we're kind of sharing those cultures. And so them becoming thirty thirty one, I was, like, about to cry.
4: <laughs> they added themselves on. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, w- one thing for me, I think I, I was really proud of people. Like, because I think during our training time in Irvine, like, I think I, like, really scared people about, <laughs> like, know. the living situation. And I was yeah. like, hey, mm-hmm. it's going to be rough. Like, I know you're used to, like, you know, nice hot showers and, like, you know, and then, like, even the the living space we're going to be in, it's not, like, completely closed off. Like, mm. there should be bugs and animals. And so I think people, like, imagined we were, like, on a campground and we're yeah. just going to be sleeping on the grass or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we, we did live in a building. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, so when we got there, people were, like, in such good spirits. They yeah. were, like, wow, like, actually, it's nice. This is this nice. nice. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, but it wasn't nice, you know, obviously by American, American standards, thing. right? Yeah. But, like, but people's kind of like I was very encouraged by that actually. Like was were just really leaning into it mm-hmm. and like, all right, well this hey this is home, man. This is home for the next week and mm-hmm. and and they really owned that. So that was really awesome. And then that reminds me of, um, so you know the shower facilities that we were in. Uh, it's not showers, like it's just like a faucet and then you have some buckets and then you just you know it's bucket showers, mm-hmm. right? And then um, on the first night, I wasn't there for this. I <laughs> wish I had been. I wish I had I been. By her, I, I heard what and it just. This? It just amused me enough just by hearing. But Lance, who was one of the Seattle, um, <laughs> Seattle students, you know, big Filipino guy, um, and but he was in the sh- he was doing his bucket shower, and then apparently he, what the guys just heard was,
4: <laughs>
1: the way I heard it was Lance screamed like a little girl. <laughs> I heard. That's yeah. I heard too.
4: And then the reason was
3: because he, as he was showering, a frog jumped inside of his stall. <laughs>
4: I love it. So, yeah,
3: so we were really just one with nature and that's just incredible. sharing our spaces with, you know, s- with animals yeah. around. So that's that's just a precious, precious moment. Yeah.
1: No, so the first night when we're all, like, using the bathrooms and showers, I heard multiple girls, like, screaming and going, oh, gosh, oh, 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 oh no, oh, no. You know? And then by the last night, there was a big moth inside one of the stalls, and one of the girls just goes, "Shoo fly, don't bother
3: me. <laughs> wow, yeah, see? People get adjusted real quick. Yeah, we got it this. No, on. if you just accept, hey, yeah. this is what, it, what is. it is. Yeah, yeah. No, right it on. like it's it's really like nothing to complain about. Yeah. yeah. So and, and I really experienced people owning that. So I, yeah. I was very proud of her. Yeah,
1: I was so proud of people just in yeah. good cheer the yeah. whole time. Yeah.
3: yeah. So if people want to rough it, I think Philippines is yeah. the new. Yeah. It's the yeah. new roughing yeah. it. we yeah. even tented.
1: Yeah, we tented one we night. We slept in tents outside next to a fish farm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, the the other um, moment that kind of stands out for me is the very first school we went to, Mm. you know, because, you know, we were like all we had prepped and stuff, but we didn't know what we were really getting into. And so we got there. People like went into the classrooms and did some time with the kids and like let the classroom time. And then we all like asked, you know, we asked admin if we could bring everyone together. It's like 300 kids and in the in the courtyard, in the assembly area. And then, you know, we let them in some songs and things like that. And I, I think just. I think it kind of. I think that started the the actual mission trip in a way, mm-hmm. and just seeing all the kids dancing with us, and seeing our all of our team kind of dancing and having a good time and giving it their all, even though it's really hot. And yeah, and then seeing you know like I think it was like Jason and Anze and um, I forget Matt. who else oh, Matt, yeah, who was who were on the stage,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and and then like just glowing afterward, even though I know they were like sweating buckets yeah. and it was really tiring. <laughs> Right and and saying wow like I think I can do this like all over again I think I can do this forever and yeah like so the, for me I was like okay here we go like we're we're yeah, kicking we're starting, into mission yeah. trip gear and um that was like a really symbolic moment for me yeah so mm-hmm. that that comes to mind yeah yeah
0: That's awesome and the songs hit in a fresh way because like those songs are like, really catchy like nice fun joyland songs but. I think as we were singing it with the kids and dancing and stuff, a lot of it just talks about, you know, God's love and like how God cares for you. Mm. And I really felt that, too, like just looking at all the children that were there, like each and every one of them, God knows so intimately and cares for so deeply. I really felt that coming true. Mm -hmm. I want to share a little bit, too, some funny memorable moments. Um, I think uh, I'll start with the memorable. The memorable (laughs) moment or theme for me was just seeing. All of our students getting so many reps to share the gospel and their Mm -hmm. testimonies. Like, that was really cool. Like Mm -hmm. Some of the NU students I was chatting with, they said that, yeah, like they, and the Chicago postgrads and new grads, it was like, yeah, like they haven't shared the gospel that regularly that often or the testimony that regularly that often ever before. Mm -hmm. And I could just see, like, as the days went on, them getting more comfortable with sharing the gospel and sharing their stories And to an extent, starting to own and believe those things more, I guess, as they're sharing it with people. I think it was really formative, too, in terms of like their vision or self-perception as Christians. Like, you know, not just, you know, just doing my own thing here in Chicago, but I'm actually like a missionary and evangelist to Mm. to reach people throughout the world. And I think, yeah, that really came alive for a lot of our people who are on the trip which is really cool to see. Uh, one funny moment, firstly, so one thing I didn't know about the Philippines was that basketball is the most popular sport. Oh my so, gosh. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, in my like brain, I just thought, anywhere that's not America. like Soccer is going to be the biggest sport. Mm-hmm. So I came in like ready to play soccer with a bunch of kids. Then <laughs> there were basketball courts everywhere. And everywhere we went to, students... Kept calling us Different basketball players Oh yeah Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like a so variety awesome, Yeah, yeah. Like, I was Yao Ming Yeah I think oh, he was, he was Yao Ming Coaten, who's Caucasian male from Seattle was Jamal Murray oh, my I think God. I think it was the beard Yeah the beard, yeah, the yeah. beard. Yeah, He the has, beard. has a similar beard To, Jamal, to Jamal Murray, Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. But these guys
3: they're, yeah. they're, they're doing it In good fun You yeah, know you and, exactly. Yeah yeah. So yeah it was yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. funny
0: Yeah At a certain point I was like man I should just own this So we were at this like Christian private school With like 400 students And the crowd is already Pretty, pretty like hype and like yeah. lively yeah. Uh, so I, I I was the emceeing for our program so right before we went on I, t- I looked to Lance a Seattle brand. and I'm like dude should I introduce myself as LeBron James and he's like uh uh-huh. like, okay, okay, alright sure I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> so I need to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went up there and I'm like, "Hi everyone, my name is LeBron James," and everyone was like, "The crowd just, yeah, the crowd just <laughs> lost, the crowd lost it. like, my it. So they I were like it.
3: shouting at the top of their yeah. lungs." <laughs> I was like, wow. It was crazy. I was bitter because I wish you had told me you were gonna do it because uh, I would have done that on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was priceless. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that was I think it was a good way to connect with them because you know, mm-hmm. they're basically trying to connect with us. Like they don't yeah. know that many things about American yeah. Culture. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, You know like the athletes or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, was fun. They all like warmed yeah. up and stuff yeah. after yeah, that too. Yeah. So that's cool. That's hilarious, sure. oh man. Yeah, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Thank you guys for sharing some of your memories. Um, I had a question for DP and Kata specifically. So, like you mentioned, you've been on a bunch of different trips um, over the course of the years from college through till to now leaving Chicago. I was curious to hear from you guys what was different about this trip compared to the other ones that you've been on?
3: Well, I, th- I think one thing is, um, I feel like for a lot of our other mission trips, at least that I've been on, um, we usually stay at like one location and we don't like travel as much. You mm. um, know, although I hear Cambodia has kind of shifted a little bit, but like here, like for us at home base, the ministry wasn't at home base. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for all of our ministry, we had to travel out. Yeah. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time on the bus. There were like, you know, drives that were like three to four hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. And so we covered a lot of the island actually. Yeah. Um, and so that was new, um, uh, which meant that, you know, you know, there was a lot of, kind of downtime in the ca- in the mm-hmm. car, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is also a really good thing. And I think that's something that we can definitely, like, um, tap into more yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think just the number of people we got to interact mm-hmm. with because we're not in one location. Yeah. yeah. Just in because our main activities were over like five days. Mm-hmm. And in those five days, my my quick calculation was that we interacted with at least 2,500 kids. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Wow. And, and I preached the gospel to them in hopefully a way that they can understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a mix of like smaller groups, classroom visits, mm-hmm. as well as large group assemblies. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've never been on a mission ship where we interact with that many kids. Yeah. Um, so that that was pretty special. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think, Just going to a nation that um, like is kind of predominantly Catholic, um, the fact that they have exposure to God and Jesus, but um, some of them believe that you can get, you know, to heaven through something more than Jesus or other than Jesus. So then the challenge I think was like, we would go into these small groups after our big presentations with the race of a lifetime skit and like different special talks or gospel presentations or rope illustration And then you'd you'd go into these small groups with these high schoolers or elementary school kids and ask like, how many of you believe in Jesus? And like a bunch of them would raise their hands. Mm -hmm. So then now the, the challenge was like, Oh man, how much do they understand that it's mm. only about Jesus, yeah. right? And uh-huh. even that the asking those questions was really hard because they're like, oh yeah, like, and then I think because we're foreigners, they just want to like please us, or yeah. they just yeah. want to say yes to everything, or they raise their hands a lot, and so mm. I think that was a big challenge because in the last one that we led in Thailand, I think the the biggest problem problem was syncretism too. But they're like, you know, yeah, I believe in Jesus the way I believe in. Allah and Buddha and like all these Hindu gods. So like all of them I can just tap into. And so like that, that problem was different from this problem. Mm. And then it was different from the problem in Cambodia where all these people are in poverty, but they're also a post genocide, you know, Mm -hmm. nation. And Mm. so they know suffering, they know pain and they want Jesus but i think language barrier was really hard yeah uh, versus the philippines a lot of the kids are taught english so yeah. yeah there's different challenges um when we went to the philippines but i think the 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 main difference maybe was um just people <laughs> suffering like mm-hmm. like pushing physically mm-hmm. to try to get to like the chance to share with somebody but um yeah like like Tof was saying i think it was really special in the fact that a hundred percent of our team mm. got to share their testimony or a gospel presentation. Like yeah. personally, yeah. I think that was really cool because like I've taught classes before at, in Cambodia at life university and mm. like tried to touch on like Christian themes a little bit, but like going in there and just straight up preaching gospel, mm-hmm. um, many times, I think that was really new for yeah. us. And that was, I, I think the the coolest part of the trip, my favorite memory from the trip was going um, door to door in the rural mountain communities mm. and um, going into the homes on un- unannounced almost yeah. and they would just stop eating their meal and like give us their chairs and offer us snacks. And they're like, yeah, like you're foreigners come into our house and we want to hear what you have to say. yeah And so, yeah, like that, um, being able to go through like life in six words app in Tagalog with the translator and then um, several like, Gospel presentations, and then ask like, "Do you believe in Jesus? Do you have any questions?" And being able to like actually interact with them, yeah. I think that was one of the coolest and hardest parts of the mission mm. trip. That yeah. yeah, I'm gonna hold on to because yeah, it was really special. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. One of the things that um, the SMO staff kept telling me is that the the Philippines are, is right, right for the gospel, yeah. mm. and I, I can see what they're saying because. Um, yeah, because people have such an openness to God and they have an openness to Jesus, but they don't necessarily know the gospel.
4: Right. Yeah. Right? they don't
3: know how that actually works out, and they need to be clearly taught. And they need, to, and I think one of the things that the local um, leaders are struggling with is that, um, like, there's not a lot of people like very clearly preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. right? yeah. especially to young people. Yeah. yeah, and so that's that's the mission of SMO and 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 the people listening to this might be wondering how, like how in the world are we like going to all these like public schools and preaching the gospel yeah, yeah. and uh, but that's actually what SMO does. SMO is a non-profit organization. They're not a church. They're a non-profit Christian organization that uh, partners with the government and they actually have authorization to operate within public schools. Yeah. And often what they do is they go to like the civics class or you know like society class and then they are able to teach values there from mm-hmm. a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we were a foreign mission team, I think it, uh, it gave them a little bit of leverage to say, hey, we have this team coming. We've selected your campus to yeah. like for us to visit. Like, would you be open to them? You know, it's just sharing a- about their beliefs and the mission. And, With
1: like 400 of your students. Yeah. <laughs> and these are,
3: again, public school students. And yeah. so it was crazy. Um, so, cool. so then the level of access that we were able to get, like, it's it just blew my mind. That I, I I don't know how to like comprehend that still. Yeah. Because I just don't know anything like it. In the Yeah. Years. Yeah.
6: Definitely. Right. Not. Yeah. I would kill for yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. So, man, I, you know, I feel like as our, as our church thinks about the future and as we think about, like, the Great Commission and and, and foreign missions, like, I, I think Philippines needs to be on the map. So
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, one thing Nico said that I thought was really interesting because I was wondering why they called their property promised land. And um, Nico's mom, who is direct, the director of SMO, she was talking about how, like, yeah, like the promised land, like, you know, it's land flowing with milk and honey. But we call this promised land because it's a land flowing with gospel and mission opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing about what their mission is about. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, DP. Yeah. 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 Philippines is right for the gospel. We got to yeah. go, back.
1: Gotta go yeah. back. Yeah, seriously. Amen.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Maybe it will be cool to hear. Um, so we talked about some funny, memorable moments and what was different. I also wanted to ask you guys, what was something that you learned about yourself, God or ministry, uh, through this mission trip?
2: Um, I can go, I think, uh, one, Memorable part about this mission trip is I got sick for a couple days um, where I was bedridden. And I kind of came into this mission trip feeling like a little bit like stuck in like, I don't know, like my my spiritual walk and feeling kind of like in despair about my own like sinfulness and the state of where I was at. Um, But through that time of being sick, I actually had a lot of time to think because I wasn't busy. (laughs) I usually get busy to to distract myself from thinking. But I got to actually chat with like one of the SMO staff um, just about kind of how I've been feeling. Um and he talked to like all the all of us who were like all the sick girls.
4: <laughs> like a little like sharing we time. A small group, <laughs> yeah. He was like, What
2: are you getting out of this mission trip? And I was like, um, <laughs> um Like I feel kind of like stuck in, in, in how I'm feeling. And then I think something that he said was really like helpful. He said, Yeah, you know what? Like he's been through that period too of feeling kind of like down about himself and how like he's not the Christian thinks he, he wanted to be. Um and then he he just said very straight up, you know, like when when God isn't like our joy, when he's not the one that like we find like our, our peace in when we see like the truth about ourselves and like we just need to repent. And I was like, what? He's <laughs> like, we just need to repent because God should be at the center. What He's done for us, like that, we should always turn back to that. And I think I really needed to hear that mm-hmm. in that moment. And it kind of set the trajectory of like opening up my heart again to just like what's the truth of the simple gospel? And like I don't have to be stuck at being down about my own sinfulness. I can turn and look at the cross. And I think that's something that I learned and something that God has just been showing me since the Philippines is like, I just need to come back to the cross and what God has accomplished for me. And um, that's something I need to dwell on like constantly um, Mm. and and just get rightly calibrated that way. So I wasn't expecting this SMO staff to kind of hit the nail on the head, but you know, God uses everybody.
1: Um, I think that was a really
2: timely word for me, actually.
1: Mm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Um, I think something I learned um, about ministry is that as you get, older you can get better um because i think in american church culture it's pretty you know prevalent that like once you have kids like even if you were really zealous um doing ministry work like once you have kids it's like who's going to watch your kids and how can you make all that scheduling happen and mm-hmm. um so a lot of women even if they want to serve god they just can't make it happen you know and yeah. it's not like a lot of churches will give that support of like, yeah, we'll make it happen for you. So I think I just treasured more and more um, that our church has that culture of like, we'll figure out the painstaking, you know, logistics of babysitting and we'll pay the money or we'll, um, you know, raise up students to figure out how to babysit. And Mm -hmm. like um, the fact that I can be a blessing as I get older, I think that just got more and more solidified on this trip. And then um, just, yeah, the beauty of even the whole bivocational ministry, like priesthood of all believers. That's Mm -hmm. something that our church really believes in. And I think is really biblical. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just the fact that we have 1700 Mm postgrads in our church network who are serving God. Somehow, I just, I don't know. That's something to marvel at again and again, because Yeah. yeah, like these SMO staff, they are so precious and they are so zealous and they are giving up a lot to be full time. Staff, Right. And a lot of them, they're foregoing marriage. They're Mm -hmm. leaving their homes behind. They're leaving their parents behind in order to do this youth gospel work. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, for our church, I think it's just been modeled for me how to do it um, even as you have kids and get older and stuff. So I think seeing it from an outside perspective and even chatting with the people who are my age there and Mm -hmm. just, oh man, how much they're giving to serve God. Like I felt like I sacrificed less than them um, to serve God in some ways, because we have a culture that makes it so possible for us. Like, you know, even now, like tonight, like, you know, the staff sisters, they were like helping me with my kids and putting them down. Jeanette read a book for my kids so that I could come (laughs) up here and record for deep pod. Like the fact that I can do a lot because of the culture set um, in order to try to live out biblical values and also like be available to, ministered to people like I just found that yeah such a privilege once mm. again and uh, reminded not to like take it for granted yeah yeah
0: it's awesome mm-hmm.
3: yeah yeah I think for me um one one big lesson in terms of just from a leadership perspective like as, as the one kind of leading the team as well as you know leading our Chicago church out here is that um you can attend things for God even when when the plans are not fully fleshed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. um, I had this experience throughout this trip where, cause I think we had a lot of like jays on the Myersburg <laughs> or something. We're, like, i would be constantly getting questions about what's next, <laughs> yeah, or, mm-hmm. or like like details about hey, what are we doing at this school? And I'm like, ninety seven percent of the time, I was like, I I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. And then part of it's because so. So this, one of the unique things about, again, this mission trip is that um, so much of it was dependent on SMO planning it for us, because mm-hmm. they're the ones with all the connections, right? right? And so yeah. we're, we're almost just, like, hopping on with them, mm-hmm. and then, but then we're, like, running the program there, mm-hmm. right? But then also, like, SMO has never done something like this before, like, at least with a group like ours. Yeah. And so then, so then I think it was, like, at each school, we were, like, we look, would arrive and we would... Receive the parameters almost there sometimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like or like a, an hour before about how many classrooms we have, like how many teachers we need, like how m- how many students are, are gonna be. So, so then we would have to, to, to within minutes, like within five minutes like figure it out, yeah. and then boom, just send people out. Mm-hmm. Now, now I, th- I think people like from Seattle who came on this mission trip with us, they probably think like I'm like. Totally okay with that kind of stuff, but if you know that me, that is, not, us Chicago, no. that is not here
1: in Chicago. That is not me. Not
3: like, true. I, I, I just cannot op- Like I, like I would, I would have canceled that program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, no, we're not doing this. All right, we're not ready. Okay, like no all way right, this is going to turn out. Yeah, good. sorry, this is this is not happening. All right, we'll we'll try it next week. Like that is my gut response, mm-hmm. right? But I couldn't do that because mm-hmm. you know a lot of people paid a lot of money to be here and. <laughs> And, uh, and SMO is expecting us to do something yeah. and we're all expecting to do something, right? So like, so then so then it cost, that caused me to pray. That caused me to, and and I think pay a t- pay a lot more attention to what the Holy Spirit was trying to do yeah. mm-hmm. in that situation. And it made me a lot more attentive to the present. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, that, that's something I think I really need to take away from this trip because I think if I can embrace that, that'll adjust how I lead in Chicago yeah. too, yeah. right? Not everything has to be planned out. We don't have to know what something's going to be like going into it. I mean, that's good too. But man, if we switch something, okay, it's okay. Just run with it, yeah. right? And we didn't. None of us died. Like, <laughs> turned out okay. And God, gave, the Holy Spirit gave us words to speak in those mm-hmm. moments. So, yeah, I, I just it made me wonder. Hmm, I wonder how we can lean into that more, mm-hmm. like in our ministry here. Yeah. So, and that's that's just something that came to
1: mind. Yeah, I, I also thought of another one that um, I'm trying to kind of bring back to my home life here. Is just um, it is better to be spent. Um, at the end of the day than mm. to save it for what you know
4: yeah and
1: um, we really experienced that every single day i think people were just exhausted by 8 p.m you know and then sometimes i'd look at them and be like all right we're gonna do some prep work for the next day and they're like oh god yeah. <laughs> but by the end of it i think we were happy we yeah. were very joyful and um, we felt like we didn't hold anything back and i think that's the right way that god you know ex- yeah designed us mm-hmm. to live and so even though we were so tired and so exhausted um i don't know i heard a lot of people on our on our team trip share with me that they've never felt this joyful before yeah. and without their phones without their creature comforts yeah. without their beds uh, and without a shower head <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. and um i think i experienced that too And it's been a while, you know, it's before I had kids. That's the last mission trip I went on. And Mm. yeah, so I think to be spent, to Mm. spend my life instead of hoarding it, that is the best way that I can live this life. So why not live like that here? Um, It doesn't have to be just on a mission trip. I can be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be schedule-wise that intense, but that intensity in my heart, my fervor uh, for God, and just um, wanting to spend even my emotional capacity yeah, for people yeah. i think that's one way to really apply what i learned
3: yeah, yeah. and and to even just m- make every moment matter because yeah. i feel mm-hmm. like when you're on the mission field like you're doing dt and you're expecting god to say yeah. something to you yeah. Yeah. yeah you're like yeah. god i need you to say something to me right now because yeah. i i'm right? tired <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs> why am <Like>, i here <laughs> yeah
3: but i think god speaks here in chicago too yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah. so yeah, if we true. can have that kind of
0: expectation then yeah maybe uh we'll hear more from god more yeah, actively right sense. so yeah yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. I want to echo some of the sentiments too. I think personally how this, uh, what I learned about myself or ministry through this mission trip was that, yeah, it is possible to live on mission everywhere. I think that the aspect of the mission trip that really blessed me the most, I think was being out of my usual context of like the hustle bustle nature of work and like life in America and like, you know, access to like your devices and online content, like the full weight of all that stuff. Kind of, I was realizing it kind of hangs over me a bit like a fog yeah. mm-hmm. where it's, it's really hard to like think clearly about like, yeah, my, my Christian convictions and what the implications of that should be on how I view my life, not as a life of like, you know, trying to hoard or secure comfort or security, but one to like how I was say be spent for the gospel. But being in the Philippines was awesome because it's, it's a context where like, the usual stuff that makes me anxious or stresses me out was gone. Mm-hmm. And all I was left with was God's word, God's people, prayer, and opportunities for evangelism. And that felt really formative for me. Like, Cause going into that mission trip, I never really envisioned myself as, oh yeah, like you're a missionary to the nations to bring the light of the gospel to all people. It was really hard for me to picture my life being used or to, for me to view my life in, in that way. And, but going in there and experiencing that, like I came away feeling like, how can someone who has the gospel not want to live live for this? Like, mm-hmm. how can they not want to spend their life, their their resources, mm. their bandwidth to building up God's kingdom? Because at the end of the day, like when we stand before God, when we stand before God, that's that's what's going to matter. Like mm. whether we believe in Jesus or not, and we have that message, and it can literally change people's lives. Yeah. Mm. So I was thinking, for in that, in terms of that, like, wow, God's vision for me is so awesome, and like, yeah, I really want to live for that. I think by extension as I was thinking about that too because it it does include like not just sharing the gospel making disciples of all nations I thought about our ministry here it changes my sense of vision not just for myself but also for like all of us here the way I view like um my peers the way I view like the the students as well like that is what God's vision is for them and if that's the case then um yeah the way we think about our lives here especially in America really matters and how we use our time and our resources really really matters so it was really formative for me in terms of vision for for myself personally, but also for our church and being a part of that and how God wants to use all of us to advance is His mission here in America. So, uh, coming away from it feeling really excited and a clear sense of yeah, what my life is supposed to be be used for. So really thankful for for the trip.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I thought a cool way, uh, DP, well, not me, DP thought a cool way for us to, <laughs> to, to end to end this uh, podcast was to actually hear from a bunch of the people who went on the trip. So. DP reached out to a bunch of us to share um, on different prompts about the mission trips. Some people are going to share a bit about like what they did or give shout outs to different people. But we thought it'd be cool to hear from yeah, the other people from Seattle and Chicago who went on this trip. So why don't we go ahead and listen to that together?
7: My name is Daniel. Uh, I'm with the class of 2021. And I graduated from the University of Washington with a degree in physics. Uh, I'm a part of our Seattle church and I'm recording from the Bros Housing where I live. Uh, and I was number eight in our mission team count-off.
8: Hi, I'm Kelsey, and I'm a post-grad class of 2020 from Seattle. And I'm recording from North Campus Storm at UW. And my count-off number is 16.
9: My name is Jackson O. I am a new grad from the Evanston Church. Uh, and I am recording from my bedroom in Evanston. My count-off number was 13.
1: Hello,
10: my name is Phoebe and I'm a rising senior at Grace Point, Seattle. I'm currently recording from Mililani, Hawaii, which is my hometown, and I was number 24.
5: What's up, D-Pod? My name is Jason. I'm a new guy from Chicago. I'm currently recording from San Diego and my count off number was 14.
11: Hi, my name is Anna. I recently graduated and I'm recording from Seattle. My count off number at the mission trip was number 28.
6: Hi, I'm Christina. I'm a new grad. My count-off number was 17.
12: Hi, I'm Lydia. I'm a rising sophomore, and my count-off number was 20. We're both from the Seattle church, and we're currently recording from Seattle.
10: On this mission trip, we worked with SMO, Student Missionary Outreach, to go into local schools, village communities, and malls to share the gospel with people and share how we've been transformed by
5: it. We danced, we did icebreakers, played games delivered content. We also did some outreach in the mountain villages and the malls. And we also ate a lot of yummy Filipino food.
12: So what we did is we worked with SMO and we got to stay with them at their facilities in Mercia, which they called the promised land. And we visited several elementary and high schools and we put on programs which included singing, dancing, skits, talks, and gospel presentations.
6: We also got the chance in a few schools to split into pairs and go into classrooms to interact with the students. Um, And we also did house-to-house outreach in a village in the mountains. And we got to see their main church in the city of Bokolo, and and even did some
12: mall outreach.
6: Uh, What were some of funny or memorable moments on this mission trip?
12: Oh, there were so many. I mean, our stomachs were feeling funny so much diarrhea. (laughs) But I mean, there are many memorable catchphrases. Uh, I think many were crafted by Christina. And I honestly think she was just saying stuff and everyone just laughed. The Joyland songs got so stuck in everybody's head. And I swear at any given point, there was someone singing Amazing Love or... Every day. And (laughs) also, I think seeing the famous Jaguar Jackson in one of the schools where he was signing like all those shirts. It was really amazing to see that he found his target audience. It was honestly unreal just to see everyone, you know, getting autographs signing shirts and seeing all the kids so happy when we were interacting with them. Yeah, I just wanted to share one of my
11: most memorable moments and what I learned out of it. Um, and so it was during our mall outreach event in Bacolod um, where Christina and I got to talk to two recently graduated college students who both grew up Christian. They shared to us their testimony on how they made their faith their own at a young age. And we were able to share our testimony as well and bonded over how truly God's love was all we needed. One of the girls um, who grew up as a Seventh-day Adventist talked to us about how she lost sight of God from distractions and the busyness of college and job hunting that she stopped going to church and forgot to give thanks to God for the things he has provided in her life. Um, She got emotional thinking that We were a sign of an answer from God to go back to church and give thanks to him. I remember her saying to us, I think you guys came at the right time when I most needed you. And I think this is a sign from God. Though, you know, we may have been a blessing for her. uh, She was more of a blessing to me. She helped me realize that God can use me in such conversations and Though um, each conversation may not be successful, but there will always be people like these girls that we met who are longing for God. Um, And evangelism was something I was always afraid of and never felt like I've ever gotten a quote-unquote successful conversation out of it. However, this outreach gave me the realization that not having a successful conversation should not be the reason why I give up reaching out to people. I need to rely on God and trust God's guidance throughout every conversation and that each success and failure failure will be an opportunity for growth.
7: One funny moment was on our first full day after church service, uh, many people went back to the dorms to change out of their Sunday clothes and it just started to pour down just intense rain. And although people only had a few yards across to get back to the congregation space, they just got absolutely soaked and just seeing different people's reactions as the rain started just mere moments after most of the team left to go change. And then, uh, and then soon after everyone had come back through the rain after changing, then the rain uh, stopped. Um, the rain was also just so crazy and so loud that I even had a hard time just hearing the people standing right in front of me as I was trying to talk to them. Um, and I'm from Seattle, so I thought I knew what rain was, but this was very different and very, uh, very intense rain.
10: There was one time at lunch where we were chatting with some of the SMO people and one of them came up dangling a live crab from a zip tie. It was tied up but could still move its legs so naturally we did the only thing that made sense in that moment. We walked the crab. (laughs) It was definitely a fun and memorable bonding moment for all of us.
9: So for me, one of the funniest moments happened at um, the Christian high school we went to. I think that was the third high school that we went to. And uh, for some context, the basketball is really big in the Philippines. So everywhere we would go, since obviously we look like foreigners, um, the students would point at us and compare us to these different NBA players. So when we're at this Christian high school, Tofumi, who was our MC, goes on stage and he gives us the introduction, hi, uh, we're from America. And he says, my name is LeBron James. And objectively, that joke is not that funny. Like in the U S, if someone said that, you'd probably be like, oh, maybe this person's a little racist. Because if you just, if you know Sofumi, he looks nothing like LeBron. But these high schoolers absolutely lost it. They were, they thought it was like the funniest thing ever. And it was, it was really loud actually inside. And I know I mean, I thought that was pretty funny. And then I think a more memorable moment actually was, um, one of the days we played, um, pick up basketball with some of the people from a different one of the local churches and obviously it was really humid so we were all dripping in sweat um, and it was really gross out and then after the game we did here and i mean i was still sweating i hadn't dried off at all and i think a lot of people also um were pretty were pretty gross and then we go to the place that we're staying for the night and then i i had taken a shower and a few other people had taken a shower but there's only one shower for uh for the uh, Guys and girls each. And so about halfway through our showers, Kata came down and was like, the water is off. And the first thing I think is, oh my gosh, thank goodness I've already showered. But then before anyone can say anything, DP just goes, oh, it's okay. And for me in that moment, like, I mean, if you know me, I'm a big complainer. And just to know that, that would have been like off. Like DP, I know he had been gross. Like we had here. He we with you, had been playing basketball with us too. And just to be like, oh, it's okay for us not to shower. Um, really like helps set the tone for me, I think for the, for the rest of the trip to know that like, oh, you know, it's, it's okay. Things will be okay. You know, you know, a shower, it's kind of gross, but it's not the end of the world. And, um, yeah, that moment really just stuck with me, uh, for, for the rest of the trip. Um, and I honestly have still been thinking about it. Um, and then in general, the, the team times at the end of the days, uh, were really nice for me, just time to reflect and like talk with with everyone else. Because for a lot of the time we were, while we were on mission, we were just kind of going. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time during the day to like just reflect with one another. So to kind of go through that as a team and just share our experiences and, and other things that we've been struggling with was really nice. And I, and I really appreciated it.
5: But actually, one of the most memorable moments was when we went to one of the farm schools early on. I was talking to one of the past, the Philippine pastors, and he was just kind of telling me how this is one of the more neglected areas of the Philippines. So it was just awesome being able to go out there and be a witness of God's love. I was with the grade 11 boys alongside Christine, Maria, and Noah. And yeah, it was just really fun playing games, doing icebreakers, and eventually we split up into four different sections. And each of us had a different group of grade 11 students. I was with the grade 11 boys. And yeah, I think through that time, I really underestimated how grade 11 boys would act and if they would actually be able to comprehend our English. And surprisingly, when I was asking clarifying questions about the three circles and my personal testimony, a lot of them were able to understand and respond. A lot of them, also pick um that we lived in the broken world when I asked them what kind of world that they view themselves in. And yeah, some of them actually shared the brokenness that they've experienced. Some of them said depression, family troubles, and um stress. And yeah, it was awesome because when I asked them what world they wanted to be in, instead of taking God's design, they picked Repent and Believe, the arrow. And I was not expecting that. So I was kind of like freaking out. I was like, you're not supposed to pick that. But but I just, I just kind of rolled with it. And yeah, I think during that time, I just felt burdened for them. So I ended our group time in prayer. And yeah, I think for me, that was just a really sweet moment. And just seeing how God is working through their lives and that the gospel message is being spoken and stirred in their hearts despite the language barriers. So it was probably pretty awesome to see God work that way.
10: I think the most notable thing that I learned about ministry was that I'm not doing it alone. Going into this and any type of outreach, I often feel scared because I feel like I'm going to trip over my words or miss something important. But as we went into these classrooms two by two, I realized that I'm not doing this alone. For one, the Spirit will provide the words that I need when I need them, but also I can rely on my fellow sisters and brothers to be co-partners in sharing the gospel. They will pick up where I lack, and I can pick up where they lack.
6: I think I learned a lot about ministry and working on a team because usually um, I'm pretty independent and like to do things by myself. But on this trip, we're really pushed to work on a team um, and yeah, to learn a lot about um just getting used to the team dynamic and seeing how much we could get done together was really encouraging as well
12: Mm -hmm, for sure and I think yeah speaking of the team dynamic it was also seeing how sweaty and tired and everyone was along with a lot of people not feeling their best with a lot of people's stomachs acting up um a lot of foot injuries like yours but um Yeah, I think it was really amazing to see everybody push through. And personally, what I got to experience is forgetting like all about what I was going through and just getting to interact with the students. I really forgot like that I was tired or sweaty and stuff like that. And I think a big thing was also just being willing to fill in when needed.
5: I found that the same sins and struggles we face at home don't automatically disappear on the mission trip one of the more challenging aspects of the mission trip was trying to be relational and getting to know uh, the Philippines mission team. And yeah, it actually took active effort to try to be a presence that can encourage and spur one another and to really lift each other up, especially during the times when we were tired and especially dealing with sickness
7: symptoms. So yeah, it was hard being relational. So things that I learned during the trip, uh, one thing is, that's not so new about myself is that I really have a hard time initiating conversations with people, uh, especially with strangers or people I don't know very well, uh, even when the people are so open and so relationally warm, as was the case for the most part on the mission trip. Uh, you know, I think despite that, I realized that this is you know, something that I really struggle with and I, I really got to uh, see uh, and really got to work with uh, during the mission trip. That um, I think another thing that I did also learn about myself was that uh, when I push myself, <clears throat> I can do a lot more than I think I can. Uh, whether that's jumping into skits last minute, uh, doing dances for kids, uh, trying to do balloon animals, or even if I'm just uh, blowing up the animal, uh, just blowing up the balloons, um, or even uh, teaching second graders uh, addition and subtraction. I also, got to see the power prayer work, and this was from anything small like asking God to help me fall asleep quickly and stay asleep, uh, especially after that first night and just the reality of our sleeping arrangements with all the bugs, the heat, humidity, uh, to much larger things. Uh, Like when I was sick during one of the school visits, uh, I, I sat in the back and just got to see the whole assembly, got to see all the students, and I could see that there was so much energy and excitement. And I mean, it was one of their last days of school and they just had a field day full of sports and they were fired up. But I realized despite being sick, Um, And despite not feeling super great, uh, I could be praying right then and there. And and so I decided to just start to pray for the students and pray that they would uh, be attentive or just be willing to listen and just to be able to receive the gospel that we were there to share with them. And um, although my prayer got interrupted by one of our mission team members, um, I was checking in just to make sure that I was okay. Um, Afterwards, I I looked back over the students uh, just to see how things were going. And I was just really amazed to see just how attentive and focused they were and uh, how much quieter they had gotten and just uh, weren't really squirming around and messing with each other. They, they were focused on the talker, uh, the speaker giving the talk, as well as uh, the speakers giving the testimonies. And I was really just amazed by the change in such a short amount of time. I, I just realized that it was God just at work right then and
9: there. One of my biggest takeaways from the mission trip was that I can do these things and I can be okay uh, if I just rely on God. Um, I think the biggest way I saw that was uh, when I was performing the skit. So everyone was kind of broken up into a different team um, for our different presentation times. So some people were giving messages, some people were doing icebreakers, and I was on the skit team. So four of us had prepped the Race of a Lifetime skit, and I was one of the assigned characters. And I was perfectly happy being a assigned character. I came into the mission trip kind of being, well, I was really nervous just in general, um, because doing things like ministry or also outside of my comfort zone. And then especially talking to college and high school students, and then even more being on stage in front of people. So I I didn't want to have like a big role or anything. Um, But then on the day that we were actually supposed to perform the skit, everyone on the team except for me got sick and had to stay back. Um, So then I became the main character. And then a few people from the Seattle church actually stepped in to help. Um, But then that whole day, All that time, like that morning before we were going, I was really nervous and we didn't have time to even do a full run through with everyone beforehand. So I didn't know how the skit was going to go. And I just felt like I wasn't ready and that this was just so far outside of my comfort zone that I didn't know how I could get through it. Um, But then once we got to the school, we spent a little bit more time prepping, but then basically we just, we went into the skit and then things went fine. Like, I think I missed a couple cues. Um, but the audience was reacting and it seemed like it went pretty well. And for me, just knowing that this is something I would normally never, ever do, but knowing that like, this is for God, this is not for myself. And, and we really are here on a mission, um, kind of helped me put things in perspective. And also that moment when we were finished and I realized okay, we are done, I was just I, I just, it's something that I can do. And I think for the rest of the mission trip, since that happened kind of early, it, it allowed me to push myself a little bit more than I normally would have. Um, so that was a, a really, really good experience. And I just saw how, you know, if we, if I trust God and let him kind of use me for his, for his work, then a lot of good can come out of that. Uh, versus if I had just been really shy or afraid, uh, and kind of just stayed in my own comfort zone, then you know, God wouldn't have been able to use me as much as as I think he did.
8: So why should someone go the next time a mission trip opportunity comes up? Going on a mission trip will be hard and difficult, but it is a privilege, even though it sounds counterintuitive with the difficulty that you'll go through. To be honest, when the opportunity first came out through email, I didn't feel a particular rush of emotion. I didn't feel like God was, you know, like nudging me. But I signed up simply because I thought, you know, I've never gone on a mission trip before. And I wonder what God can teach me and show me in a different context. And I think it's a privilege because even though you'll get stretched to your limit and be pushed outside of your comfort zone, which, you know, sounds really scary, but you'll gain confidence in talking to strangers. You'll gain competence in presenting the gospel. um, And you'll also increase in your physical and emotional capacity. But more than that, I really felt like I got a clear understanding of Jesus' heart to reach the lost. And truly, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Um, When I was back in Seattle going through the daily grind, my bandwidth was filled with, you know, thinking about my own practical needs, like getting stuff done or what my future should look like in terms of my career and relationships. But on the mission trip, all those concerns were removed. And I was able to see so clearly what God cares about rather than what I normally care about. And ultimately, he wants the gospel to be preached to all the nations, you know, to everyone who hears. And there's a moment during the trip where I felt like, you know, wow, like living on mission was what I meant to do all along. Um, I really like a quote from C.T. Studd that reads, One life shall soon be passed, only what's done for price will last. And it's a very challenging message, but it's also very clarifying and captures what I got to experience on the trip. To be quite honest, my mentors, those
10: around me, and God had to be quite adamant in their efforts to get me to go on this trip. But I had the availability in my schedule and the financial capabilities to do so, so I had absolutely no excuse not to. I wasn't jumping at the opportunity, but I knew that God would be able to do amazing work through my obedience in those we minister to, but also in the relationships with my fellow ministers. And I was right. So I would say, even if you aren't jumping at the opportunity, saying yes to God can be a powerful first step in your journey that God wants to take you on.
5: I think going on an international mission trip is just one of the ways to act in daily obedience and just say yes to God. And it's also an opportunity to go beyond what's comfortable for you in your daily life. I think when you're out there in the mission field, you're in a position to sacrifice and you're really having to rely and trust that God will provide, whether that's anxious anxiousness or doubt of the words you're speaking, getting through to the youth or just praying to God for enough strength to carry you on through the day. And yeah, I find it, It was an amazing experience to see just how prayers were answered and how God was working through other people and sometimes even me. So yeah, I think going on a mission trip is an amazing opportunity. You should definitely say yes if the next opportunity presents itself.
7: I'd say if you have an opportunity to go on a mission trip, especially an overseas mission trip, I would say go, man, go. Uh, There's so many amazing opportunities, especially when you're far from home. Uh, like on a short term mission trip, there are opportunities to do things that you just don't do back at home. Uh, like what we got to do, we got to go to public schools and we would have anywhere from like uh, 45 minutes to an hour and a half just to provide content. And we were just open to just be able to preach the gospel. Um, I mean, a lot of times we would just preach the gospel and play games and uh, try to teach them maybe more practical things like math or subtraction. But we we emphasize just the, the gospel and it's not something we get to do at home, especially back in the United States. We don't get the chance to just go to public schools and teach. And and so it was just really amazing to have that opportunity. Um, also, in mission trips, you, you, there's just lots of opportunities to build skills, uh, see what areas you fall short in, and then try to work on them, especially since you do a lot of these things over and over again in a short and condensed time. And a lot of times we don't get that context at home. Uh, sometimes... You go a week at a time before you get the chance to uh try with something that you're not good at, like talking to strangers or trying to uh, lead a small group or lead a discussion uh so just on a mission trip you you get to do that sometimes multiple times a day, and so you get the chance again and again to just really push yourself for god and It's something that i I can't do uh couldn't really do at Seattle or. In certain contexts, but I, I realized that there are certain things that I noticed and were able to do on the mission field that I can do back home in Seattle, uh, like just talking to strangers, just trying to initiate conversations um, with students uh, in our ministry or in our church that I don't know as well. And, and so I, I realized I just learned different ways that I can push myself in uh, new ways that I didn't really see before I went on the mission trip.
12: I think if you're on the fence about it, just know that a lot of us signed up without knowing what we'd get that we'd get something out of it, but not really knowing what it was.
6: Yeah, you don't really know what to expect until you're there. And you definitely are pushed to your limits,
12: but you're strengthened by it in the end and you won't regret it. And I also think, yeah, like being in an environment where you're just focused on God and on mission really helps to cut out all of the distractions of everyday life. And it really helped put things back into perspective for when you go back home.
9: I think if you're on the fence... For a mission trip, you should definitely, definitely go. It was such an amazing trip for me. Um, I think like just being on mission, there's something about that, about, you know, being with other Christians, all working towards the same goal, uh, without all the distractions, like school and work, not that those things aren't important, but, um, the things that don't allow you to just focus purely on the gospel. Um, that is just a really rare opportunity and a way to like really grow closer in your relationship with God. Um, it's not like school and work where even though we have super long days, we're like we're waking up at 5 AM, we're going to bed at 11, like every night. Uh, when you come back, you still feel like fulfilled and that, oh, okay, this was a, this is like a good day, a day kind of well-lived actually. Um, and I think through that, I got a lot closer with the people who I was on mission with. like just our relationships, because we were all doing, like we had a shared goal and it was a, a goal that, you know, the biblical, um, we got a lot closer. And then even more than that, like my relationship with God, just seeing how full of life, um, like lived on mission could be, was something that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade for anything.
7: So I also want to just say how grateful I am for, uh, Tof and Bia, uh, since they were our first aid team, uh, the two, uh, the two people we could go to for things like amodium, Pepto, Dayquil, NyQuil, cough drops, or even the electrolyte packets for our water. Uh, they kept us going. And of course, uh, when they took on the responsibility of being the first aid, they were able to free up David and Kata so that they could lead. I'm just really thankful that they were there and approachable, especially when we needed something, especially after uh, everyone started getting sick uh, partway through the trip. Just, uh, yeah, just being there and being willing to just uh, sacrifice that time and Uh, just to make sure everyone was uh, healthy to continue going and just really thankful for their sacrifice in uh, in that way. So I'm actually
9: really grateful for all of the people who got sick on mission and had to miss some days. Um, And I know that sounds weird, but the reason is because they didn't complain at all. I didn't hear a single person complain. Out of all the things that happened on the mission trip, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons people could complain since, you know, we weren't there for that long. And these are opportunities missed to share the gospel or, or minister, which is a whole reason that we signed up for this. Um, but I think them choosing to not verbalize, um, you know, all of their complaints really had a big impact on the, on the morale for the trip. Um, so I'm really, really grateful for them because I know it couldn't have been easy to, you know, see other people going out um, and knowing that you have to, to miss, miss some of the, uh, the
5: opportunities that we had. So yeah, thank you guys. I want to give a big shout out to SMO. It was amazing to co-labor alongside fellow brothers and sisters in the Philippines. And I'm just very thankful for what we got to experience as we ministered to the Filipino youth. And yeah, just really thankful for the hospitality and generosity you showed us while we were in the Philippines. And I also want to give a big shout out to DP and Thank you for leading this mission trip and building us as a team. Thank you for keeping us healthy and safe uh, just throughout the entire trip. Thank you.
10: First off, thank you to DP and Kata for keeping us alive on the trip and being such amazing leaders. I also wanted to shout out Bia. As a resident member of the sick warden, I got to see Bia's determination to keep serving even when she wasn't 100%. Despite her sickness, she still made an effort to help out the other sick people pray for our team doing outreach, and draw near to God in different ways. Witnessing this was inspiring for me because I got to see her pour out sacrificial love even when she didn't have much to give. And in doing so, I got to see those blessings multiply. It reminded me that God is not asking for a miracle. He's asking for all
8: we have, and he will do the rest. He will feed the 5,000. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Kata for sticking with me and being calm. while well, you know, I almost couldn't get into the Philippines because of a visa issue to enter. And just want to say thank you for all the team members um, for praying for me to get that visa. And we really got to experience the power of prayers, you know, coming alive. And thank you to DP for keeping up our team morale, bring us a lot of joy and laughter. You guys kept us spiritually healthy with the DT sharing and prayer times every night. And I learned how to be mature by seeing you guys remain very level-headed and calm even when we encounter unexpected situations like a lot of people getting sick. Thank you for setting an example for us and not slowing down even having two kids. And lastly, I just felt convicted when DP said that we need to enlarge, enlarge our vision for our lives. I should open my eyes to a greater vision that God has in store for us. Not just Acts Church in every college campus, but spreading the gospel to all the nations, to the
12: ends of the earth. And we'd like to sincerely thank Director Leader Sir, AKA DP, also known as Prison Mike. And if you're listening and you're curious about what we mean, you should ask him for photos.
6: Yeah, we'd also like to thank our fearless leaderess, AKA Kata. <laughs> Uh, we're so grateful that you both led our team and we're so transparent when we were like, what's going on? And you guys are like, we also don't know. Okay. Well, ultimately, we just had to trust in God and things worked out. Most of us made a bath, so big plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so our ending remarks, we just learned so much and even some important phrases
12: in their language. And we really just wanted to impart some words of wisdom. You know, I know, I know, do know.
3: All right, and last but not least, we have a word from Nico from SMO. Uh, He had uh, something to share with us.
5: Hey, what's up, everyone? Oh, I've been missing you every day. (laughs) And uh, really pray uh, to the Lord that you all still burn and continue in the work the Lord has sparked in you all. And indeed, may you all taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and participate and really get yourself involved in His work. And I'm sure that the Lord will help you see greater things. So, hey, it's not the end. I will be missing you, but I will be expecting you as well. See you all in the
3: Lord's grace. All right, thank you to everyone who submitted a recording. It was really, really good to hear from each and every one of you. And when Tov and I, we listened to Lydia and Christina's recording at the end where they say, Ido, 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 we like totally looked at each other and we looked really confused because neither of us could remember what that meant. So then we had to, um, well, I reached out to Lydia and she reminded me that Ido is dog in Hiligaynon, which is the dialect that's spoken in negros or at least the area that we were in so i guess the joke was that they had started calling everyone's toes like dogs or edo uh yeah anyways i don't understand either well anyways hope you all enjoyed this latest episode and as the
4: summer progresses hopefully we can put out some more but for now that's it have a nice day